Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, David. I am terrific. Yes! Love it. We get good mood, David, today. I like it. Let me, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. When do you get bad mood, David? Oh, it's happened every now and then. Not very often, but every now and then. You can get petty and vindictive, David, but you don't get bad mood, David. That was beaten out of me as a child. Oh, really? Don't have a bad mood. That's a personal issue. Sorry. I talked to my therapist. My bad. It's been two years since we got petty and vindictive, David. Uh, There was a a little scuffle on air between you and Scotty a couple years ago. That wasn't a scuffle at all. I was, that was, it was know, a dust up. It was a that dust was not up. A dust up. Those little fights just bring us closer together. Yes. Come on, that's just family stuff right there. That's no big that's deal. That's right. There's a little magic between me and Scotty that you guys just don't understand. <laughs> hey, uh, are we like, are we, are you going to need to do now do a 40 point bell instead of a 30 point bell? Is individual yeah, scoring right? gone up so much that now 30 isn't really a big deal anymore? Well, we're not doing the 30-point bell this year because of exactly that reason. So, yeah, I do. I think I think 40 is the new 30. It's supposed to be at 30 the other way around when you get older, but maybe yeah. it is. No, it's 40 is the new 30. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, I think that's – but I also think this is really interesting. So, certainly league rules are a part – are a little bit of it. Certainly our elite talent has risen to new levels. But I actually think the main reason this is happening – is that the other four guys on the floor are so much better than they've ever been before. And what I mean by that is, like, if you take that stretch where Luca went bananas, and this probably doesn't fit the Dame as much because Houston's just Houston. Uh, but if you go with when, when Luca went off for his 61 and his 50, you go back and watch those games, what was going on prior to those games was that Dallas was – torching people because they were doubling Luca every time he came across half court. 
And then they were swinging it around and giving up wide open threes. And Dallas's offense was churning. Well, Tom Thibodeau looked at all that film and said, well, wait a sec. And Steven Silas in Houston did the same thing. It was like, okay, well, we're not doubling anymore because they're averaging 1.2 points per possession off those. And then they don't double Luka, and Luka goes and gets 50 one night and 60 the other. So I think a lot of what's going on is that the individual players are so good that you do feel like you got to run somebody at them and double. We're seeing more of it than ever before. But the reason – but it doesn't work that well because everybody else on the floor can now shoot. You don't have lineups like the Jazz had for a long time with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert and two non-shooters. You know, you can double off that, but you can't double off you can't double off forty percent three-point shooters and decide that that's a good math equation. Hmm. That makes sense. There's a lot of good scoring going on in the NBA. Uh, speaking of good scoring, we just got the news that Kevin Durant is going to be making his debut tomorrow night with the Phoenix Suns against, I think it's the Charlotte Hornets. I think they play tomorrow. How much attention are like, you going like, to be paying like, to so, the, so Kevin Durant's back to play the Washington Generals. That's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great timing as, as he's been out since early January. How much attention will you be paying to that game tomorrow, David? Uh, a lot. I always feel, though, you got to give it some time, right? Like a lot, a lot, the same way like I've made no. Right now, Kyrie and Luka are not making each other better. No. Okay? So they're both great, so they're fine, but they're not making each other better. But I'm also, we're four, five games into it or four games into it, they're one and three or one. Like, I'm not, like, we're not going to make observations. We're not going to make declarative statements about that. So same rule on Kevin Durant. We're not going to make declarative statements on anything until, you know, a little bit, we have a sample size that's more. So, yeah, I'll watch super closely, but I'm not going to be, you know, putting a whole big bunch of uh, analysis into it. If you could guarantee 30 rebounds uh, over a two-game span, would you make sure that you get Walker Kessler that corner three at least once a game? <laughs> is that what the trade is now? Yeah, that's what um, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't give Walker Kessler that corner three too many times. I think the Brooke Lopez, Jonas Valanciunas uh, – route to expanding his game is the right approach. I wouldn't get too carried away with it yet. I would tell Walker Ross Kessler that 15 rebounds a night is his job and he can go take his corner three and, you know, <laughs> but it's somewhere else. I do love that you have a coach, though, that's like, you know what? Let's have some fun with him. You know, he busted his butt. He's had a fun year. And you know what? First play of the game, let's go out and let's get him something just just to throw the kid a bone for fun, you know, after the All-Star break and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of really stuck-in-the-mud, angry, you know, callous coaches out there. And for for Will Hardy to say, yeah, you know what? We, we uh, He begged for it. We uh, we threw him a, an opportunity knocked it down. I, I just think that's fun. We don't see that a lot now. I was in Atlanta before the game in the locker room talking to the players and Will Hardy, like he'll kill me for this, but like skipped through the locker room. Like I don't really have another way to say it. He wasn't running. He wasn't walking. He was kind of skipping through the locker room and he kept saying funds underrated in the NBA funds underrated in the NBA. And it was like, that's what this guy is trying to get across to everyone. Like you dreamed to play in this league. You hoped at all ends of the world that you'd end up playing in the NBA. You're here now. 
like enjoy it. Let's have some fun. This is supposed to be awesome. And that's what has been the unique aspect to Will Hardy um, in kind of the culture he's trying to build around this. You know, fun is underrated in the NBA, and that is true because there are not a lot of guys having fun. David, is there a chance we start seeing some strategical resting by the Utah Jazz? I know Clarkson is out tonight. Sexton is out tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Do do we start seeing certain guys maybe out for certain games through the rest of the season? I I, I don't don't think so. Um, I mean, I think you're going to make sure the guys are healthy, but I... Well, so I don't. What is strategic resting? I guess actually, let me back up. I'm not sure I understand what I'm out answering. That's a tough one to, to place. I, I guess I threw it as a broad statement, but I would say, in an effort to maybe get something that you want more or position yourself, and maybe there is no strategical positioning by the Utah Jazz, which would make that statement null and void. But if there's something that they're looking for, would would they potentially? Have a guy or two miss a game or two. So, if we're talking about, like, if we're trying to dance around the idea of tanking here late in the season, we just have done nothing all season long that, like, if we wanted to tank, we could have traded Jordan and Kelly Olenek for second-round draft picks on draft day. Like, we just could have done it. Like, there were, there were offers out there. You could have done it. So, if we had wanted to go lose 20 of our final 22 games for the purpose of getting in better draft position, the front office could have done that, and they chose not to. So, I would be surprised – they chose not to then that we would suddenly choose to do it for the purpose of tanking. If Jordan Clarkson's banged up and he says he's banged up and I have Ochai Abaji who I'm trying to, you know, and Jordan's banged up like, okay, then Jordan, you sit down and we're going to let Ochai really like let it rip a little bit tonight and see what he's capable of doing. And that's a positive night for us, but I don't think you're going to Jordan and saying, Hey, we just don't want you to play tonight. And, I don't and, think we're there. And I was saying that too, David, in terms of what you just mentioned. Really, it's a looking at the youth and just taking a look at this roster because, you know, as, as we're starting to see, there are guys that are on 10 days that are, are showing great stuff like Chris Dunn. And m- maybe you need to get those guys on the court. And m- maybe you need to take a better look at Ochai or even Udoka. Who knows? But I'm, so, like, I'm wondering I'll, 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 if there's some strategical movements I'd, there. Yeah, I'd go the other way on this. I just don't think there is, actually. Okay. Like, Ochai and Watt, like, and, and here's, like, somebody said to me the other day, like, we should be losing these games. And I was like, okay, and, like, what do you want us to do? Like, we're playing Walker 30, and we're playing Ochai 28, and there are rookies, and we're closing games with them. Yeah. So, like, what do you want to do? Like, what is it What is it you're – when you say we should be losing games, like, what is it you're looking for? What, what is what – is, how do you want to do that? You want to play Doke like forty-two minutes a night just to see like how bad it can get? Like, come on now, yeah. we're not like we're not a farce. So I don't really know what someone's when someone says that. I'm not entirely sure what it is they're really wanting to see. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. 
David Locke, he's the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz joining us. So, David, I'm, I'm looking at potential team-building opportunities here for the Jazz for the future. Kind of curious to see down the line, maybe Kobe White, uh, maybe Otto I, I can, Otto I can Porter, hear your voice. Yeah. Zach Levine. <laughs> I, I knew you were up to something. Um, hey, there used to be an old rule in the NBA. I probably shouldn't tell this story. All right, David's going to tell a little inside scoop story that's going to get me in trouble, but it's kind of fun. So let's, let's just go. do it anyway. So there used to be a little joke in the league, like find a pl- find a player that Luke Walton coached and trade for him. Go look at it, by the way. It's unbelievable. Really? Okay. Yeah. Go look at go look at the Lakers teams that Luke Walton had, and then go look at the Kings teams Luke Walton had, and look at the players and what they've done after they were coached by Luke Walton. So is there a legitimate argument after watching what we've watched that maybe we should go acquire any player that was ever coached by Jim Boylan? Maybe. Maybe Jim Boylan <laughs> is the new Luke Walton. Because, you know, you got marketing. Now you got Chris Dunn blowing up. And so maybe right. Otto Porter, yeah. you know, let's let's go down the list I mean, here. There are certain styles of coaches. The, the irony on the Luke Walton thing is I actually think it's really unfair to Luke because – if there was a criticism to Luke as a coach, it was probably lack of structure. Like he was a pretty player's coach that kind of let it rip a little bit. And they played, they tried to play a super fast tempo and they were a great transition team. And all those, like all those things usually lead you to having like player success. And I'm not sure, like, so I actually think that's a little bit unfair. Um, And, but it is true. Like Lonzo ball, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Tyrese Halliburton, like keep going. Like how many um how many players do you want me to mention that are there? So yeah, Larry Markinen, uh, Chris Dunn, and yeah, maybe maybe we should go find some other Chicago Bulls players that got their careers dismantled by playing in Chicago. But in all seriousness though, on Chris Dunn, uh look, he's the uh, you know, fifth overall pick, uh, tremendous college career you know, you you got him on uh, on a ten day. Is this just an aberration, or is there something here that you can build on? So, uh, I think everything you just said is true. Well, actually, I know everything you just said is true. He was the fifth pick of the draft. Yep. He did play four years in college. He just went and shot forty two percent of the G League from three. Like, if I'm a GM and I've got all the things on Chris Dunn and the biggest weakness is the fact that he's a 29% three-point shooter and he goes and drops 42% in the G League. You know what I'm doing? I'm signing him to a 10-day. And then I get him for a second 10-day and I'm probably extending him for the rest of the season. The real question on Chris Dunn, and I don't quite know how this works, but I do actually think there's a possibility because the Jazz still has some cap space that they could actually play around if they want him to be a part of the team next year and sign like a two-year deal that gave him some sort of a bonus for the rest of this year that he wouldn't get otherwise. And so there, there is that. I, I'm a little I, – I like sample sizes that are bigger than two. Yeah, yeah. And I like sample sizes that are against um, teams that records are in the top ten in the NBA. All right. That's fair. Well, David, we How got – How is that? How is that? You know what that is, Scotty? Scotty, I need a moment. Hands, excuse me. Scotty, and I need a moment. Scotty, did you hear the maturity, the development, the progress that I've made in my career right there? It's pretty impressive, David. I mean, really. That was a lot of restraint. Just getting better every day. Yeah. 52 years old and still developing, I tell you. 
just not a pompous ass anymore. That's really all it is. <laughs> well, yeah, some days are better than others, but you know. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't go. It just doesn't go all the way. It just gets muted a little bit. <laughs> So, David, you got this one more home game, and then you're headed out on this six-game road trip. Talk about this road trip that's coming up for you. Can the I'm so mad at the NBA. What's this no back-to-back thing? I know, right? Game every like, other day. Like, what's this no back-to-back thing? Like, I, player health, player smells. Like, I want back-to-backs. I want to come home. Like, I mean, it's the weirdest road trip. I was talking to a friend today. Like, there's more dead time on this road trip than I've ever seen like it's just i mean it's a little bizarre frankly but um you know it's from a basketball standpoint things are interesting i heard you guys talk about the lebron injury like he's out for two weeks you know we play them two of our last four games of the year our next two games against oklahoma city they've lost three in a row i can't quite figure out what they're doing i mean they did rest or shay didn't play and like if shay doesn't play here for a little bit like, we play them in one of our last four games. Are they suddenly out of it? Like, the Jazz need to if, – if the Jazz are going to make the play and they got to get to 41 games, um, and it'd be so great to have a, you know, series against Denver and get to watch Jokic in the playoffs. It would be amazing. So, we, you know, if we can get that, that would be – it would be like talking about Walker Kessler getting an education. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, short, easy flights to get to Denver. So, you know, that's not a complaint there either. But um, I, I think the – you know, if we could, you know, we're going to need 41 wins to probably get into the play-in tournament. Um, and so you've got to go find them, right? So there's three, two more against San Antonio. And, well, suddenly if the Lakers don't have LeBron and they shut everything down, is that two right there? And then Charlotte coming up, that's five. And then San Antonio or Oklahoma City, can you get one of those two? That's six. And can you find a way to go, you know, get another four or five wins along the way and get to 41? And then all of a sudden you've got a real chance to play in a play-in. And calling a play-in game would be awesome. That would be fun. So this is all about – as is usually the case. little NCAA this, tournament feel to it. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah. Hey, I I, mean, some, people might, some people might disagree, but I think this is all about me. Uh, Lloyd's barking at me to go to break, but I, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you, uh, what are your expectations? Atlanta, eight seed, Quinn Snyder gets thrown to the mix near the, you know, with 20 games left. What are your expectations for Quinn over these 20 games? Two comments. One, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, knowing Quinn as well as I do. He's about culture. He's about structure. He's about the little minor details that lead to the big picture. For him to jump in in the middle of the season is about as contrary to his personality, everything I've ever seen about him. I'm, I'm like flabbergasted. Second thing is the big loser in this deal is San Antonio because they have Atlanta's picks in, I think, 2026. <laughs> 2025 and 2027 from the DeJounte Murray trade, and those picks will not be good because Quinn Snyder wins basketball games. There he is. That's David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Jazz. David, enjoy that road trip, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, David. Hands, hands I, I love you, too. You didn't need to go away for that long. <laughs> I know, brother. I was just here. How, I'm how just... are my cinnamon gummy bears? Oh, Ooh. oh, oh yeah, we, we, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, about that. Well, let me just tell you, it was a great recommendation, David. They're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Some some are going to find their way. You can just decide when I bring you Pretty Bird for my thank you for trade deadline, you can decide whether you should eat it or not or whether it might be tainted. But no, don't worry about it. I'm going to get these cinnamon bears to you somehow. This one. No, night. I don't want them after you've had them. <laughs> David, I'm looking at the bag. It's not appealing. There, there, it's, it I mean, has I like been coffee, open. but I'm not into like that kind of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. We'll get we'll, we'll make it right. We promise. 
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.